Like a deer in the headlights or gum in your hair, what got you here will not get you there. Join us as business owners get unstuck in real time on the business building struggles we all share. Welcome to the Business Breakthrough Podcast. And here's your host, Esty Rand. Welcome to episode 89 of the Business Breakthrough Podcast. My guest today, Richard Moore, and I have already been having a blast. Richard, I'm really excited that you're here. Thank you so much. It's an honor. It's been a long time coming, and uh, oh, it's just good to meet you finally, so thanks a lot. Well, it's amazing to meet you. Guys, you might want to play this episode at half speed, because <laughs> Richard and I both <laughs> talk really fast. Um, so Richard Moore, or might I say Sir Richard Moore, we're, we're going to talk about that more in a moment, um, originally worked 60-hour weeks in the city of London before deciding to build his own business and help others do the same. After building companies from the trenches up by taking ownership of sales teams, coaching leadership roles, and consulting with multi-hundred million pound organizations, Richard created his own company to help others get massive of traction as they launch their business. And he now has brought to life the Entrepreneur Business Live series, events operating across the globe, London, New York, San Francisco, Toronto, Melbourne, Barcelona. He's been here in LA and it is rewriting the way networking events are built and able to do good. Richard, this is very right. cool stuff. So first explain to me, what is the Sir Richard that I keep seeing going? Are we Sir? Like, not like, you know what I'm saying? What, what, what is this? Let's be really clear from the start. It's not self-appointed. It's from other people because that would be a bit too arrogant. Um, so I would say easily 70% of my audience has really just been the US uh, with the stuff I do online. And uh, it was something, it was probably getting on for a year and a half to two years ago um, that I'm pretty sure is a woman in uh, New Jersey called Christine Robinson who dubbed me Sir Richard um, just because of the English accent, which I don't, I don't have an ah. accent. Not a lot of the accent, but the Sir is probably a nod. There are other people who call me like 007 and that. Which, and these are all really nice names, so I don't mind. But um, I, I don't market myself as Sir Richard, but uh, it's very kind when people use it. It's, hey, it's the accent, I suppose. Got it. Yes, did you know I was just speaking to someone and there's something called like foreign accent bias. That right. just by having certain foreign accents, people assume that you are more intelligent, more capable. This is why half my staff is British. Mm. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> Half my staff is, is if British. If I look at my team, yeah. I have one guy who works with the back end of the web stuff and he's in the UK. Otherwise, everyone's all over the place. They're totally, mostly in the US in that. So yeah, it's kind of nice. I like a different accent. It keeps me feeling like I'm international. Yeah, totally. So I think I have, do I have more people in London than the US at this point? No, we're, we're like, we're also across five time zones. Um, but I, I've hired a whole bunch of accents onto the team. <laughs> I love it. So tell me a little bit more about your journey from, uh, you know, 60 hour a week employee to lifestyle business owner. <laughs> um, well, I think that uh, it's interesting because a lot of people when they've pivoted out of corporate have that kind of story where they're like, you know, I was on rock bottom and I couldn't get on with the corporate world and I wasn't making any money. So I changed. For me, I was doing really well. I was very successful um, in corporate. And I did 10 years or so. And um, 2002 or so, when I left university, um, I was, uh, my first job was selling internet marketing. 
So this is like 17 odd years ago. And it's interesting that the world has changed quite a lot from then. But I feel like that, those, those years have been my formative years in learning things. But I, you know, I went through the usual hoops. So I became a sales manager and sales director, jumped around different types of roles and things, but always with a sales angle and, you know, commercializing things and helping people build their businesses online. So uh, it just got to that point, it was in 2011, I think it was, um, and I had just a number of things kind of crushed down on me. So I had, um, my daughter was born and uh, she was born needing major surgery within 24 hours and oh, wow. basically tried to die a lot within the first couple of months. So we literally lived in the hospital. I know, it's crazy. <laughs> what kind of expression is that? <laughs> but you, like, she, it was like, will you stop? This is really scary. It was all the time. <laughs> It, it was almost like she was doing it deliberately. I can say now, but you know, it was like, it was horrible. Um, and you know, I'd had a hard time because uh, life had been fine up until then. And you know, like just a couple of months before that, my grandmother had passed away and that was kind of a big deal for me. But then three months after, it was four months after my daughter was born and gone through a lot of surgery, um, my mother then passed away. So I had a really basically the worst year you could have all within a very short space of time. And, you know, when you're having a very hard time, you, you just do it. But what happens is after that, that you have everything kind of come at you. And I had this weird logic of maybe I'll just work more. That might help me. And so I was, you know, I really threw myself at work and things were doing quite well. But, you know, I, I was ending up working an impossible role that was grown for me uh, and it, uh, sometimes it wasn't even 60 it was more like 80 hour weeks I was really pushing myself for about a year and it just was a very I hit myself in a very bad place and and I remember thinking like there's probably another 35 40 years of this so I need to do something different plus like I need to see my children and enjoy that kind of thing so um the one thing I could always do was back myself to close business because that's what I'd done so um I, I'd done a little bit of offline consulting, um, uh, but also since 2004, I'd been training in Taekwondo. So I thought, I'm going to leave work, work and start two Taekwondo academies. So that's what I did. And, I um, love it. And it was like, it was a very big pivot. And, uh, but what I found was after about six months, it was clear that that was a nice thing to do, but I was like hungry to build businesses up and help people as well. So I started my consultancy and... Um, suddenly it's the year 2020 you know and a lot's happened since then but i really enjoyed it's almost it sounds weird but it's almost like building the business from there has been like my therapy i've really enjoyed becoming the person i am now from a very really hard place um so i went through a lot but uh it was um it's kind of worked out for the best in the end thank goodness that's super interesting. You and I have a, a bit of a similar story. Um, when I left my job also around 2011, um, mm. I wasn't rock bottom. They, I was doing really well until they hired this middle manager who was toxic. Right. And then it was, right. you know, yes. bottom. Um, and then I left. But one of the first things I did, which I don't talk about a lot, is I started teaching hip hop dance exercise classes. What is even that? That's, is that a new thing? What is it? Heard. It's No. So it's like, instead of just hip hop classes, right. it's like, they're exercise classes, but they're hip hop classes. Like I have no certifications. Okay. I had you been have going to wear, to wear the cultural garb to fit in as hip hop as well, or is it cool to just show up in gym kit? I mean, you could really just do it in like whatever you would wear to a regular class, but I totally okay. wore the garb. <laughs> and you have the cool, so you're playing like Warren G and Nate Dogg uh, and things like that. So I actually used instrumental hip hop. Um, okay. 
So I am um, because I was really leaning in just to like the musicality of it and like the beat right. counts. And I got like super into it. Cause remember I'm coming from this like intense, like sea level position and yeah, I had yeah. been going to the gym. Um, and the instructor that I love to take classes with, I don't remember why, but had like gone out and I was like, you know, I have time. I'm leaving my job. Um, <laughs> and I was, okay, fine. It's not fair to say that. What really happened, I was like, I'm never working again, ever. Says my husband, I'm like, okay, dude, time for you to take over. I'm done. Yeah. I'm going to be a mom. I have three kids at the time already. And wow. three weeks in, I finished every project I could possibly do. I was bored out of my mind. I was like, what mm. in the world am I going to do with my life? And I was like, I know, I'll teach hip hop dance classes. That's so um, cool. What a good really idea. What uh, yeah, so nice. it's profitable. Just to go, I'm going to reset, but also take my mind somewhere else. And so like teaching Taekwondo, just like yours. It, it, yeah, it's like it's you just go... And I think it's interesting because going from working so much in your head to then mm. working in your body yeah, is it's a whole different thing. And like, we're, I, it was amazing. Like, I just learned yeah. so much about like the music and beat counters and like all these things. It's like, I didn't know what BPMs were before that. Beats okay. Guys, by the I, way. I've, well, I've learned of a new thing today. So I'm going to have to check this out. Is it a movement or is it just that you did it? Instrumental hip hop? Yeah. Um, I don't As know. As in with classes and dance? Oh, that for sure. Okay. That's for <laughs> sure. I do like almost all my exercises, dance classes, because I tried when I moved to LA um, and in LA cars are legs, right? right? So like you don't walk anywhere, like yes, the wheels are your legs. Um, I And the diet changed. I've been living in Jerusalem on a Mediterranean diet, walking almost everywhere. Wow. Moved to LA on an American diet, which is like immediately different and then yeah. driving everywhere. And then I look in the mirror one day and I'm like, oh my God, this is a problem. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. So I'm a little more sedentary than I was. I quite know, I know you just a tad. I got so weak. And so I tried like Pilates class, like all these different classes and gyms and whatever. And I was just, and then I found dance classes and I'm like, oh my God, like this is exercise. And I've like almost yeah. forgotten that I had done it like five yeah. years previously. Yeah, yeah. Um, so that's pretty much all I do. There's like cardio bar and there's hip hop and there's um, salsa. Like there's, yeah. And cool the classes idea. are not only to learn to dance they are made to make you sweat, but you're dancing. You're like, you're sweat mm. dancing. I don't even know how to explain it. That's it's really amazing. cool. I, I, yeah. feel like, I feel like- you It's should totally a movement. <laughs> totally a movement. Thank you should you. definitely check it out. I, I feel like the next job is YouTube this right after this chat. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so I'd love to hear a little more, like what does it mean that, that it was your therapy? Like talk a little bit about that, how, how you came into yourself through building this, because I really believe in this. I believe when you build a business, right, it is like a certain level of soul expression. Like you are, you're finding a way to express yourself that you can't when you're in someone else's quarters. Um, is that kind of what happened? Like, what was it? Yeah, it seemed, I mean, I always would, I always had the itch anyway. I, I it's not I had a problem with authority. I, I just always wanted to do something of my own. And so that was always gonna happen actually, but this was kind of the, the way out. And I think what I mean by the idea of the, of the therapy was, I really was a mess, you know, and I was I was having a lot of actual therapy and other the things needed to be done, and I was uh, incapable of making simple decisions about stuff because I was just in a bad place. So I had to really re the word rebuild is actually wrong. I was it was actually build a new me, and um, that required uh, a, a number of things, but it all started around a new perspective on things, and the perspective was, you know. Your mum died at 60. That's not right. So make the most of what you got and, um, you, you know, you're very capable and stop being scared of stuff and go jump because otherwise it's all a bit of a waste. So 
uh, and I, it was also built around family, you know, and, and a few years later I had another daughter. So it's, it's uh, important to make sure that component is part of it. But by designing what the work looked like, I knew I would love doing it and be cool with all the effort. But preceding that, although I was working to make ends meet and, you know, my wife was, was a lawyer, but no longer working, she's looking after a child. Um, the majority of the time was spent just getting back to kind of being a bit of a student. I, I, I um, you know, read a lot. You can probably see in the background a few shelves, but I'm, it's like floor to ceiling shelves everywhere. And I was, yeah, exactly the same. So I was just consuming loads of stuff. And, and uh, 2000, I remember it was 2014 into 2015 when I started going, let's try online consulting now as well and coaching. And, um, all the while like i just was learning so much i was going to a lot of different groups on facebook and seeing how people were doing things and the majority of my day was spent like really making mistakes here and there and everywhere and but also part of this growth of me was like new types of exercise and and learning proper self-discipline rather than a nine-to-five job it was like what does your day look like and when are you going to exercise and, and just taking in newer in more interesting things and to make my day a bit more interesting. It's not because I wanted variety in my day for the sake of it, but what I wanted to do was, was build something that was very holistic. So for me, work isn't like this separate component of me. It's very much uh, as cliche. I know now, but it's very much like there is life and in it are pockets of time when I do different things. And some of that might be work and some of that might be hang out with people and, you know, like a school run this morning. And then the first meeting of the day was my wife and I went for a walk for a few, like for like an hour or so, because things like that should be part of the day. So very kind of design the day and, and it's been a long time coming, but it's nice because I can be ambitious, but also have the world around me that I'm after. And it results in, you know, late afternoon on a Friday, I'm having a cool podcast chat with someone like you rather than doing things that aren't necessarily going to be as stimulating. Uh, uh, if I'd let myself just be overrun by, I must build a business and nothing else, you know, so that's kind of your, your long winded answer. Now I love that. And it's, it's, I, I really, we resonate a lot. Like one of the, my lines is like, I just want people to do what they love, earn buckets of money and have time for their mm. life and family. And I think Absolutely. a lot of people miss that last piece. And when you don't integrate it, what was it all worth? You know, nobody yeah. comes out saying, you know, I'm gonna spend the next seven years working on my business, um, working 100 hour weeks, ruining my health, ruining my relationships, yeah. having no friends, killing my marriage or a partnership or whatever I have, you know, alienating my children. And then when I'm done, I'll be a multimillionaire. And then I'll spend most of that money on therapy for my kids, personal yeah. training and, and diets and doctors for myself, divorce settlements for my wife yeah. and a new Ferrari because I feel like garbage. Like yeah. no one says that, but they do it. Yeah, and I, I think there's this thing of, of a lot of people saying, oh, when it gets a bit better, then I'll, then I'll, be, able to, then I'll be able to hire someone. I can spend a bit more time with family. And it's like, but you're no. never there if you're never there. Yeah. And that's the problem. It's, oh, it's, that, it's the carrot on the stick attached to the donkey's head. It, no matter exactly. how much you keep going, it's always that same foot away from you. I agree. Um, and I, I think what, without question, uh, it's, it's essential to understand that this is it as in this moment, as good as it gets and nothing will change unless you build it differently. So it has to, so for instance, a business meeting or something scheduled, just like this podcast was set, was scheduled at five o'clock this evening for me. I have other things scheduled like coffee with my wife or 
time with the girls. And that might seem not very romantic or spontaneous, but then it gets done. And I think the bottom line is that it's, um, it's laughable to think you're successful. And that's just broadly speaking, successful if your business is successful. You're not like how am I? How could I call myself successful unless I'm being a successful husband and father and things like that as well? Though the ideals are mine, not classical traditional ones. They're mine. Like what a successful husband is and so on. But unless I'm all of those, unless all the plates are spinning at the same time, it's like, well, good for you. You made a bit of money extra this this week. It doesn't mean you're successful. What about the other bits? And you know that way I. Totally. I I think of it like a stool, like picture a stool, like a three-legged stool, you know, Um, and this is what we do actually in my marketing magic program. The first module I do goal setting, but not just financial, financial service and lifestyle. Yeah. Which means, you know, and, and each one's a leg. And so if you have one really long leg and two short legs, it's not going to be very comfortable to sit on. It's not going to be functional at all. You know, there's, there's three elements. You get those little wins here and there. Like you have an amazing day with your children. And that props it all up a bit, or you close a big deal. Exactly, keeping it in that balance. There's three games. This comes from a mentor of mine. His name is Rory. Amazing guy. There's three games. If you don't play them, they play you. These are like the the big games of life. Relationships, Mm. money, and health. Mm. If you don't play these games well, they will play you, right? If you don't work on your relationships, (laughs) my husband says all the time, if you ignore your teeth, they'll go away. Yes. Right, and these three things are the exact same thing. If you don't play them actively, purposefully, um, they will play you, and you'll be but toast. I do think, but I think it's it's I I've learned to be romantic about doing it all, like in the moment as well. So it's exhilarating, the intensity of it all, like. It's quarter to six in the morning, no one's up, but it's gym time. Go hit the gym and then you're back. And now everyone is time for now to do the school run. And now it's the next thing. And it's great making sure you're tending to everything. And it's you're right though, it's very much about you having the control over those pillars as a because because they will always feature. You're quite right. Uh, so your your diet and health will will screw you over unless you you are owning it basically yeah yeah you ignore it i, I was just sitting with one of my clients this week and we're going through things business is going great relationships are reasonable health oh my gosh and i kind of said to him like i just i just want to remind you if you keep ignoring this you won't be able to do anything else exactly right, yeah like and the, rest the body up. is your car, right? Like this is the thing you drive that you use. If you keep saying, but I got to keep driving the car, it can run out of gas. It needs to be serviced. And if you don't, it will stop driving the end. Yeah. But, but I think, I think in the truth, especially coming from, especially as someone who was uh, uh, very driven in the career side of things, I, it took me time to naturalize and be cool with the fact that it's not an ex it, I'm not making excuses if I'm like actually less work today because there's going to be the gym component because I didn't ever want to be the guy who was like, Oh, I'm just, I'm just like not working hard enough because you know, I'm, I'm choosing to do go to the gym and that's, that's being lazy because I'm not getting on, going, getting on with my work. But in truth, you know, it goes out with. It defeats the whole purpose. And I think that's the mentality in Western society is like, Work, 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 work. If you have any time left over in your life, so like you can play a little bit. And because work is revered, 
work is yeah, revered. It really and family is. is uh, a family is almost like a, a given. They'll be there. Typically, they don't go anywhere. Your health will be kind of all right. You'll make do. And none of that is true. Not anymore. I feel like, and I think this is part of where we've gone. You know, we're sitting 2020 today. Like, if you go back, let's say, to the 1950s, where it was like, yeah, the corporation took care of you, and you worked nine to five, and that earned you enough on a single salary to support your family. And so Mm -hmm. as long as you were dedicated to your work fully, everything else did sort out, because you had all that extra time. Lifestyle's different. Now... I, I realized when I went on my, my little workation and I mm. turned my notifications off for two full yeah. days and, wow. and my head cleared and I'm like, oh my God, my phone, because we're multinational, staff and clients, mm. my phone goes all day. There's never a moment, there's about one hour a day from about seven, about six to seven Pacific right. that's quiet okay. because it's late enough abroad and yeah. it's like right in between on the East Coast and it's right in between on the West. Like, it's like that, there's like this one hour that's quiet. Yeah. And yeah. then already, you know, East Coast is already on their evening. Europe starts waking up and then, you know, every, and then yeah. it just goes from there. It's cool as well. We must agree. Like, it's it's cool super well. cool. It's super Everyone's cool. But it means there's, the no, yeah. there's never a break. There's never a break. There's always something. And not everyone runs multinational, but even if you don't, even if you're only in one time zone, the level of availability that we have, the expectations, whether it's from a job or especially if you're on your, don't you love, did anyone ever say to you, oh my gosh, Richard, I really want to run my own business because I'm tired of like, you know, having a boss. I'm tired of like, you know, having people expect things from me. Yeah. And a lot of people are like, I just, I also don't want to work so many hours. Wow, all the wrong reasons then. But the holy grail of running your own business is flexibility. It's not money. It's not working less hours. You will probably be working more hours. And to start with, you'll have no money. And if you do really well, you'll end up having more perhaps. But it's because you're focusing on the right stuff and it's flexibility. And it's being able to say, Yes, I'll go to the nativity play in you know a week before Christmas because I can. Um, but you know, years back that was I'll go to the nativity play, but I'll be up till eleven o'clock to cover stuff. And um, I think one one lesson that people should really be working on is how they condition those that they interface with. And what I mean by that is, if you're always responding to people, then of course they're like, oh, that guy always responds. And I, I'm deliberately, I, I can see all the notifications, but I don't answer them. Because otherwise, oh, they're like, I'm, uh, there are some people I do answer, and there's some people I'm like, nah. <laughs> and they probably think, this guy's useless. He takes three <laughs> days to get back. But actually, it's because <laughs> I need them to understand. Otherwise, I'm the one who loses, you know? They're on the three-day backlist. So we, yeah. um, I, okay, I, I give away all my secrets on the podcast. I don't do this much anymore because I don't do yes. email at all anymore at this point. I have my VA take it over completely, and I'm very transparent about that. For my private clients, they have a specific channel they can reach me on, and everyone else, yeah. like, you email me something, it's public. It's not public, but my, my PA sees it. Um, yeah. But once upon a time, when I did my own email, if someone would email me, let's I'd be answering emails at 2 in the morning, and I didn't want to have to remember to deal with it later, yeah. I would reply immediately, quote unquote, right. but I would schedule it to go out a day or two later. <laughs> no, I know, it's a good idea. But I do the same with messages as well. I'm like, I, like, I schedule a lot. And so even reminders to myself, I don't put a reminder down. I will, like I did it earlier today. There, there was, I, I had to do 
and speak to some some clients. So I sent myself a message, but scheduled it for a time where it was a time slot when I'd be handling that stuff. It's kind of good to do that. Thank goodness for scheduling things, I suppose. Totally. I live on my calendar. And one of the productivity tools that I was, um, like, I always kind of knew this, but then I started seeing more and more that the most productive people don't work off lists. They only work off calendars. And so, uh, because I realized, again, this is part of what I teach and like all my work-life balance stuff with my clients. But at this point, if it's not on my calendar, it doesn't exist. Like my team know that my, I have people, they'll just plug things onto my calendar. They don't even know if the slot's available, but they know that's the best way to get me because then I'll be like, no, that's, that overlaps. I need to move that, but they know it'll get done. Absolutely. And it's like, it will never happen otherwise. I totally agree. I'm the same. And if someone's like, oh, you know, we said we might meet, I'm like, you've got to be in the calendar. Otherwise, not in the calendar. It doesn't exist. Um, and, but going that leap from to-do list to calendar, you know, I think it's so hard for people. I know why it's hard for me. It, that dose of reality, when you've got a list, it's like, there's a part of your brain that's like, you know, all the stars align and I get superpowers. Like I could get through this, you know, and then you plug it into a calendar. You're like, I got three out of 15 on here. Well, you see, I'm a hybrid. Uh, I, I wrote this, um, uh, this I had put came out of this it wasn't an idea of mine because a lot of people kind of don't but this idea of the when to do list uh that was featured in Forbes uh, a while back and it was really uh important to me to make this point to people that a to-do list it, it absolutely it's like this ideal thing and it's always longer than is possible so I have a calendar with blocks in it for certain things so one of them will be this slot for this hour and a half or two hours is sales related or this one is certain type of uh, admin or whatever and within those blocks is that's where the to-do list goes when to-do list is simply this is the time when i will start and finish this task and that way i know that it can plug into the day otherwise the list is always way longer and it's like four days worth as you know trying to do two weeks worth in uh, two two days. days And you know what we started doing? I started having my my PA and my staff, whenever we have meetings, plugging the list of items into the calendar block itself. Yes. So it's right there. So I open the block and then it's got the tasks inside that need to be run through. Meeting agendas are going in the calendar blocks. Like the more it's in one place, it just and and then it's it's so much easier to look at and be like, listen. I have a lot of ADD clients. I'm not ADD. I have a lot of, I have toys all my office for people who come in in person. Um, (laughs) And one of the hallmarks is what I call time optimism, Mm. right? Where if you ever like time optimism, classic time optimism is let's say you, you ever got somewhere in 10 minutes, right? right? But really it's like a 15 minute trip, but one time you got there in 10 minutes, there's something that goes in your brain that says, Oh, I can be there in 10 minutes. Confirmation bias. Absolutely. (laughs) Yeah, Except no, that it, he only ever did it once at one in the morning on a holiday weekend. And every other time it takes you about 20. So you're always 10 minutes late. <laughs> and that is time optimism. Absolutely. And I, I think this is the thing. It's, it's a lot, and when people are doing these kind of lists, they're like, like oh yeah, I need to, I need to do an Instagram post today if they're doing their content. That's three minutes. No, it's not. No, it's not. It's never. I have a 20 minute block on my days for my Instagram stories. (laughs) That's optimistic as well, I would say, because sometimes like, no, and then you're like, oh, hang on. I've got to ignore all of these messages. You're online, says uh, all of your friends and start getting in touch with you as well. I think it's a really important part of it. And I'm very similar. If it's front and center, then I can do it. And and something of an agenda in an invite makes sense because, then it's paint by numbers. And I feel that what's overlooked is 
the amount of emotional resource, let alone time, that goes into planning the session that you're about to have if you haven't already done it. So in a quiet space at the end of the day or at the start of the day or whatever, that's when it should be done because then it's like, right, time for this thing, just do it. And that paint by numbers approach is kind of makes a lot more sense because um, just the productivity is totally. Crazy. And then we're layering your chronotype, right? So you're saying start of the day. So I, so chronotype is how your body interfaces with time. And there are people who say you can change it. Awesome. You know, for the few needles in the haystack that change it, good yeah. for them. The rest of us yeah, are naturally totally. a certain way. We shift over time and over life. Yeah. Um, but I know I'm much more focused at night. So when I went on my workation, I spent my days on the beach. I like, you know, yep. cracked my eyes open. Like I want to say at nine, but really at seven when my kids called me, but then I really got up at like nine 30. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then uh, the first day I was there, I was like, I should really get to work. I'm like, I should really find the beach. Um, and then right. only sitting down to work at like four or 5 PM, but I'm, I'm super relaxed. I'm super focused. Mm. That's my best time. You know, so setting oh, yeah. your agenda, if you're a morning person, set it in the morning. But if you're mm. not a morning person, you won't. You'll be dazed and confused. Set it the night before. I don't care if it's 2 a.m. Yeah. As a business owner, like you were saying, flexibility, the best thing in the world. One of my clients was a deep night person. Deep night. These are the people right. that suffer the most in the like world. 2 a.m. Yeah. Yes. He literally was most focused between 1 and 3 a.m. That was mm. his best time of day. And I think Again, a though, lot is that, of- Is that confirmed by he's done some good stuff then? Or is it like- Genuinely, physiologically, I'm actually no good in the morning. Yeah, yeah, he's he's a mess in the morning, right. groggy, fuzzy, no matter what he does, what time he goes to bed, no matter how much coffee he drinks, it's just mornings are really tough. And about yeah. 1 a.m., his eyes pop open and he's like, let's do stuff. And he yeah. can like breeze through five hours worth of tasks in one. And, yeah. you know, I feel like in Western culture, we look at this as like a moral issue. Night people are lazy. Night people are, are sleazy. Like night is not when the good things happen. You know, night you should be <laughs> sleeping. If you're a moral upstanding citizen, you go to sleep at night, you wake up early in the morning, early to bed, early to rise, mm. makes a man healthy, wealthy, yeah. and wise. Unless you're a night person. Exactly. And then it makes you miserable, yeah. crabby, and ineffective. But you know, it's interesting because there was science on this even for teenagers, like, oh, they're lazy in the morning. And so a, there's a school here in the UK that shifted its hours from, from nine till 3.15 to 11. And the test scores went up. Oh, when? they crushed when? it because, because teenagers are no good in the morning. It's like, so sleep till 10. Exactly. And they're really productive then. I think it's interesting because I see I'm 40 this year, right? And so if you look at, the world I grew up in in the 80s and 90s, I was ag not aggressively conditioned, but like the world and my parents were wonderful people. But the, 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 the vibe I was given was you will work nine to five and this is what the world needs to look like. And then if you think about there's an additional 10 odd years of doing corporate work. And so when I pivoted out, the thought of not sitting at a desk my own desk in my own business at nine o'clock it was like really hard because i was pushing against 30 years old of, of like this is how it has to be it was very difficult to go it's actually okay because and I, that that's how i learned about outcome based working which is the outcome for today i'm after is this once that's achieved you're good if achieving it requires me and i'm quite good at night actually as well because it's just nice and quiet and it's all good. If that is how it needs to look, well then fine. And just when you get that monkey off your back, that it doesn't have to look a certain way, 
it's just the output that matters. It's just like, it's so much more relaxed then. And what I've been trying to do actually is experiment with moving myself to be a morning person. I genuinely am. And I make, this is like one of my things I've been doing in the last six weeks or so. And is it working? It really is. Cool. And I think maybe I'm learning that even though I'm being great at night, I can be great in the morning. And that stretch from like 9.30ish to, to one in the morning is just so phenomenal. And then I kind of break around late afternoon, evening, because then I get to put my children to bed and so on. And I'm trying to like finish up and that be it because I get to spend time with my wife. But there, there are some occasions where it's like, you just feel it and I'm in the zone. And it is a late one. Like uh, um, last night was two in the morning, actually, when I went to bed. But you know, when you're like just enjoying it and the romance of it all is fun. So you allowed it every so often. You just got to listen to it. Totally. And also like different, again, different body types, different times of day lend themselves to different types of work. And it's not just time zone based. Like I think, uh, we won't talk about when I, I was in meetings last night, starting with East Coast, still at 8 p.m. Australia, 10 Tenerife joined in at 11, Midnight Ireland finished at one. And then I was like, I still have stuff I have to do before tomorrow. <laughs> so, <laughs> That's the worst when it's like, okay, I can get into bed. No, I've got this thing. No, to do. there's an email that's going out at 9am. That's got a link to a form that was not updated and no one's around right now. And so this I'm going to do that. This is the thing. A lot of people don't get it. They're like, oh, you've got to leave it. You've got to learn to leave it. Well, no, because some things are mission critical and heavy hangs the head that wears the crown. You've got to do it sometimes. Totally. Like you've got to own it and then you've got to correct for it. You've got to figure out how not to be stuck in that forever. Like I I work with a lot of business owners who are doing that, but they have no idea how to get out of it. Like Mm. I'm not upset. First of all, I love what I do. Um, Second of all, I'm... I've been getting out of it. It's been getting better. And I know exactly what needs to happen. So mm. it's like, it's, it's a journey as opposed to like, I'm wandering in a forest lost and alone. Totally <laughs> like right. I'm on a path. Yeah, no, totally, I, I, I can relate. And I think that if I look at the last two years, the feature has been automate and outsource, automate and outsource wherever possible. Everything from having a cleaner for our house all the way through to the video production, literally um, just before we hopped on here. I got a message from my video guy saying, here's your video for tonight for LinkedIn and things like that just give you that bit of extra breathing space, doesn't it? And, and it allows you to flood it with other stuff to do. Or, or of course, because yeah, what else would you do? What, so, what, what else are you going to do with your time otherwise? So you know what you love? A year ago, I automated a full staff position basically. Um, we, we were looking to hire another admin just cause like the scheduling had gone haywire, just scheduling and invoicing was like so much. And, and then I went hunting calendaring softwares and I basically hacked acuity to do 80% of the job. And then we just, 20% we gave to the existing team, but Mm. all of the integrations, the automations and the email follow-ups and the rescheduling and the payments were integrated. And then it hit straight into QuickBooks. So it auto calculate like every piece of it for 25 bucks a month. Oh my God, it's just so good. I mean, the the pain of it to set up sometimes is like, why bother? But actually- No, it's so worth it. I love this. I I had a really good moment. It was like um, two, yeah, it was two and a half years ago when um, I put my first course on my website 
and the whole thing now is is the same. It's like it all all maps out automatically. Runs by itself. The most amazing guy who was like like under the bonnet, tinkering away, getting it. It was like it's not working. The software, but he eventually got it all to work, and it's like just this beautiful thing when you get the ping and it's like ah oh, someone's bought it and they're happily cracking on with their thing and um it is an amazing moment you're right and i'm a big fan of the freelance ecosystem though rather than having too many people on pay i've only got two on payroll actually and everyone else is like you get your money when you got the job and that's it and then uh we don't need you otherwise until the next time and i like that because Otherwise, there's a lot of paying for people to not necessarily have too much to do. I'm sure that won't be forever, but it's kind of a nice space to be in right now, you know? Totally. And this is kind of where I think the economy is going, you know, as they say, moving to the gig economy. We're like, there's work, you have work. There's no work, you don't have work, which makes it really hard to be employee and really motivating to run your own thing. Because you don't, that corporation that take care of you is not that many of those. No, they're not. And like here in the UK, I can speak for at least... You don't get the pension. The larger ones will give you a pension, but the pen- pension's pithy and it's dangerous because they screw it up sometimes and there's no money. And and then, you know, there's a lot of times they're like, well, we don't offer those perks and things as well. So it's, you end up in a, in a world where it's like, I get my paycheck and that's kind of it. And so, yeah, that's, that's the bit that you're still looked after uh, with. But other than that, it's not how it used to be 50 years ago by a long stretch, I think. No, and the guarantees aren't there. Like, I know my grandmother and grandfather, like, they worked one, two different jobs, careers. Mm. My parents, two, you know? Yeah. Me, I'm on, like, my third already. And most people are, like, up to five, six. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely, you can really pivot. I think that's good because as we get more automation happening and certain jobs get, uh, swallowed up by AI or whatever. I think it's interesting because it, there's a num- number of ways of lo- looking at it, but a really nice perspective is that it does allow humans to explore um, themselves and things that are of interest and pivot from Taekwondo to business consulting, for instance. Hey guys, thank you so much for listening to part one of this episode. Stay tuned for part two going live Thursday. And of course, subscribe. You do not want to miss it.